see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. It seems like only yesterday that Matt Reynolds made the move from what is now OEM Magazine over to the flagship chair at Packaging World. Since then, he has become the face, and more importantly for our purposes, the voice of PMMI Media Group's overall packaging coverage. Today, Matt breaks down the particulars of the annual salary survey from IOPP, the Institute of Packaging Professionals. In order to understand the findings, especially after the uncertainty of what has been the first half of 2020, Matt offers details on employment status, educational factors, future career prospects, and much, much more. So with all that out of the way, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ron. I guess last time we, the last time we actually did one of these, Matt, was at uh, Pack Expo East. We did one kind of wrapping up and we, I guess we kind of touched on things to come but it was sort of a wrap-up of the show so it's it's been a while since we've spoke but this is i guess your third time that you've been on with us third or fourth yeah it's been a few Uh, the last time we spoke though uh we were um vaguely touching on things like supply chain and uh, what if there's supply chain disruptions kind of knowing about the specter of, of a pandemic without really knowing to what extent so it's kind of funny to be on the opposite side of the looking glass at this point yeah, it really is. And to have been at a trade show with 7,000 people and yada, yada, it just seems like another time. Anyway, with all that out of the way, um, I guess the thing that we'll touch on that I know is coming up in, I think it's, is it July issue? Um, the IOPP survey comes out every year, basically gives us a lay of the land on, you know, salaries and stuff like that um, in our packaging sector. Basically, you've, you know, you've gone through it, you've written about it, you probably know the ins and outs of it better than anybody right now. What's impressed you? What stood out? What's, you know, let's begin there, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, the immediate impression, the first, you know, uh, number everybody looks to and kind of the the benchmark you're in, you're out is overall annual salary uh, amongst all professions that are, you know, touching packaging, the packaging industry. Uh, and for a third straight year, uh, that was down. Um, but uh, one thing to note here is the salary survey, uh, every year we get a new crop of respondents. So as such, I think this year it was around 50% had taken last year's survey, but the other 50% were all new faces uh, who had never taken the survey before. So it's not exactly when we're comparing year over year, uh, it's not an apples to apples one-to-one comparison because the demographics change. And as such, anything that we discuss here is more uh, whether a certain figure is going up or going down is because of a demographic change and is in full view of the changing demographics as opposed to the same monolithic group of people from last year who are making $80,000 are now uh, making $76,000. That's not exactly the case. Uh, But it is still useful to to look at year-over-year data 
and kind of view that in view of a changing demographic base. So yeah, the first splash thing we saw is uh, the salaries were on average, uh, I believe the average salary was $115,000. And that was down from 121 the previous year and 123 the year before that. But again, shifting demographics doesn't really make that an exact one-to-one comparison. That was the um, immediate splash figure, but there's no context involved in that. Another thing that we found this year was very interesting was when we were collecting the data was right when you and I were sitting down to speak at PAC Expo in Philadelphia. So it was right at a moment where it went from zero uh, knowledge or understanding of pandemic or being able to deal with that in the packaging sector. Uh, We we began collecting um, responses to the survey, I believe, on January 23rd, and we wrapped up uh, response collection on uh, April 1st. So we understood that everything that we were looking at was going to be uh, through the lens of growing uncertainty around uh, the pandemic and COVID-19. So we kind of almost built that into our expectations going in. Folks, most likely when they were being surveyed, their their salaries had not been affected yet, but their prospects, we expected their prospects for, say, a raise in 2020 or a bonus in 2020 uh, might be dimly you know, or negatively affected. Uh, and that's where the good news comes in because we were surprised in view of when we were collecting this information to how positive and how resilient uh, the packaging sector seems to be. And it really seems like because of where packaging sits in the, um, the overall supply chain, we're one step removed from the consumer. We're one step removed perhaps from a lot of the um, omnichannel shifts that occurred when you're talking about going from food service to retail or retail to e-commerce. People are still going to eat chicken in the same volume by and large that they had previously. So uh, the packaging of chicken shouldn't be as uh, affected as the channels through which that chicken is arrives at your doorstep or arrives at a restaurant or whatever that might be. So overwhelmingly positive uh, responses compared to what we had expected going in. That is shocking to me, to be perfectly honest with you, because there's not a whole lot of things that you hear that are positive um, at this time. So to hear a response like that, again, like I said, is, is not only shocking, but I guess it's also while you explain that and I you know, I'm aware as well that, you know, things like food and the other things that are being packaged are still being used. Um, It just seemed that something, you know, like salaries and incomes would be something that people would be worried about and it would be on their mind. So I guess, could you give some examples of, of what that upbeat attitude is and or what they kind of tie it to? Yeah, well, uh, we're looking at two kind of different types of data here. One is kind of uh, looking in the rearview mirror what kind of salary did you earn in 2019, for instance, or did you receive a raise in 2019 and that the pandemic really doesn't affect that? Or what is your current salary isn't really altered by the pandemic, but it's the forward-looking questions about, okay, that's where you're at now. Where do you expect 2020 to look like? That's where we expected to see some nerves in terms of where they're going to stand at the end of the year. But understanding of job security remains extremely high. It actually jumped up a percentage point amongst those who either feel very secure or feel somewhat secure from 75% last year to 76% this year. And those that were very very worried about their job security or a little bit worried actually dropped by a percentage point. So uh, it's remarkable within our industry how secure people feel in their job, even in the context and through the lens of uh, A, the pandemic and B, any potential economic fallout that might occur uh, thereafter. Another uh, data point was the number of packaging professionals that uh, plan on sticking around and, and not looking for other employment, just about half, 49% 
say they're either definitely not or not likely to be seeking a new job in 2020. So these are folks that are A, secure in their job, and B, they're uh, not necessarily looking to go elsewhere. One area that I did see that was interesting was uh, previous years was 4% and 5% that are actively seeking a new job. That jumped to 7% this year. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are people who uh, perhaps through just the sheer availability of of work right now, uh, they might be uh, looking around. But by and large, packaging professionals are are staying put. That's, that's, I say interesting a lot, but that's legitimately interesting. Um, but okay, with that in mind, packaging isn't a monolith. You know, there, there's different functions, there's different jobs, there's a whole bunch of things that are tied to working in packaging. So obviously everyone's not doing as well, um, depending on their job function. So who were some of the winners? Who were some of the losers? You know, what things came across to you from the survey that, that you would say, oh, these people are doing great. These people, eh, not so much. Yeah, um, you're right. When we're talking about packaging, there's a multitude of job functions from, you know, the C-suite and corporate CEOs and so on, uh, to production, to education, uh, human resources, it crosses the gamut. Um, we focused on about 10 that were really highly representative. Then you'll be able to look to see where they fall on the on the salary spectrum when the survey comes out uh, in, later on in July. But some that stood out to me initially, one big winner in this, I think, and I had just mentioned uh, how the omnichannel is shifting from, you know, away from food service, at least temporarily, I don't know how permanent that's going to be, uh, towards retail, perhaps, and then a bigger piece of the pie, e-commerce is really accelerating at this point. It had been growing, but now the this is whatever the, the growth factor, multiply that by two or more. So because of the shifting you know, supply chain landscape, supply chain and logistics, in fact, received the biggest bump uh, in terms of job duties uh, amongst any that we recorded. The overall amongst all job duties was a decrease in salary by 4.1% year over year. So that is just the baseline 4.1% percent reduction in salary. Meanwhile, the supply chain and logistics folks uh, experienced a 10% salary bump. And that's because they are in the crosshairs. They're the ones who are forced to make big changes right now. So apparently they're being paid for it. Also, uh, corporate management, as some might expect, they towed the line. They had, uh, I believe, a 0.2% reduction in salary, so about the same. Same to be said of uh, engineering, 0.7% reduction in salary, and R&D, 1.1% reduction in salary. So any type of minimal reduction in salary that's you know still uh, less than 4.1% is, I would consider, a win. And uh, finally, uh, fresh faces. I say fresh faces because I meet uh, people who might be entering this particular sector, not necessarily age. Folks in the youngest age cohort didn't do as well, but folks that were least experienced, which experience isn't the same as age, this could be career changers, um, actually are earning 6% more. Again, one to two years experience in the packaging sector are earning 6% more now than they were in the previous recorded year. So uh, yeah, supply chain and logistics corporate management, engineering R&D, and uh, folks that are uh, new to the industry seem to be faring quite well in this environment. How about people that are, you know, in line with some of the averages? Yeah. So with the average reduction that we saw, 4.1%, we see that marketing and sales salaries fell 4.2%. So almost exactly reflective of the overall reduction in salary as reported by the survey. Uh, I think historically, uh, we found that sales salary fluctuations historically are a good bellwether for the industry at large. And we can see that uh, reflected here. And uh, also, I mentioned before that experience and age aren't the same thing. Sure enough, the youngest uh, cohort aged 18 to 34 were a 4.9% lower salary. So pretty much in line with that 4.1% average uh, reduction. And then those most negatively affected uh, were production jobs. Now, 
in this salary survey, they dropped by 28% uh, from a figure uh, of 121,000 to a figure of 87,000. Uh, it's important to note that the number of responses reporting production as a job duty more than doubled from the previous year to this year. So we had a lot more responses. And as such, most likely that number was kind of regressing towards a mean. Another group that uh, reported uh, a little bit more than uh, that 4% reduction in salary was consultants. They actually went from 141,000 in 2019 responses to 127,000 in 2020 responses. That's again, is a 10% reduction in pay. And finally, the oldest age cohort. So this is 65 plus. Uh, they reported earning 23% less than they did in the last survey. And again, that's uh, possibly reflecting a transition into either reduced duty, semi-retirement, etc. Normally, you see a high correlation between age and higher salaries. But once you get into that over 65, we see that the salary distribution is actually, a, even though it there are a few more on the higher end. Uh, compared to some cohorts, let's say 45 to 55 or 35 to 45, there's quite a bit more in that lower end range. So we might anticipate some adjustment for reduced hours or kind of uh, emeritus status, that sort of thing. So uh, those are the three areas who are uh, either winners that have done better than the average, those that were directly on average with that 4% pay reduction, and then those most negatively affected. I, I hadn't really thought of the the breakdown in terms of the older sector, the way you had, I would just like you had kind of noted, assume that higher salary, but like you said, less working hours, you know, or emeritus status, things like that. Like you said, job duty is obviously a predictor salary, you know, C-suite's going to make more than, you know, people on the production floor, stuff like that. What other correlations are there that pop out in the survey, um, you know, whether it's things like education experience, things like that? Yeah, well, those are uh, two of the first immediate ones, uh, education and experience. Um, there's a strong correlation with education. Uh, I would say uh, the biggest gain in education is between no college degree and having a college degree. So uh, the jump from, from high school and possibly some college to an actual undergraduate degree was a 33% salary difference. That jump went from 84 thousand dollars a year to hundred and twelve thousand dollars a year we see uh, diminishing returns for degrees beyond that um, I think there's a 16 percent bump for uh, those with a master's degree and then an eight percent bump so really that initial college degree is where the biggest gains are to be made um, another factor that correlates with salary and one that stands to reason is experience um, 87% of those that are least experienced, the one to two years experience range, earn less than 1,000. And 70% of those with 20 plus years of experience earn more than 100,000. So that's a, a basic benchmark right there. Um, the biggest salary jump that we saw, and one of 24%, so almost a quarter, came between the three to five year range and the six to 10 year range. So right around that five year mark, that's a good indicator of where uh, folks with five years experience in the industry can start to really see some salary gains. So that's actually interesting because it notes the traditional um, difference, you know, coming out of high school of getting that that college diploma, which, you know, sometimes you see that it's not necessarily needed. But in, in this industry, in our industry, it seems like that's still the case. And as well as that five year mark would seem to make sense as, you know, the company kind of knows you're going to be there. F you know, you've been there for five years. It would it would seem to line up as being a natural spot to to kind of, you know, get a raise and start seeing your things go up. So I could see that making sense. 
Yeah, uh, both of them stand to reason. I think because uh, packaging is so STEM-oriented, um, engineering, math, um, science, and so on, and technology, those are highly um, dependent on, on education. Uh, so that STEM education really kicks in there. And also uh, just the dearth of quality jobs, if somebody's going to be around or be willing to stick to, to a company for more than five years, then I think there's some reward at the end of that tunnel. And the final factor, one that you would have expected to hear is age. What was interesting is we saw um, a pretty big jump. Uh, the, you know, there's a gradual straight line from the youngest cohort of 18 to 34 to the oldest cohort of 65 plus. You could draw a pretty straight line, but there's one place where we saw a pretty big spike. And that was, again, at the very earliest jump. So between the ages of 18 and 34, and then shifting to the ages of 35 to 44, the average salary jumped from 82000 to 116000 that's a 41% increase. So again, so if the young folks are willing to weather the um, less than optimal salaries during their 20s, then there is definitely a reward to be seen in terms of a spike in pay that will come in that second tier age group and age cohort. So one thing we know is unfortunate, but it continues to be a issue is um, gender-based salary gaps. Um, what are we seeing in our industry? Um, good, bad, going up, going down is... is, is is a gap closing at all? Um, I guess, give me your feelings on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the downside is, yes, a pay gap still exists. Women still trail men by 16% across our survey. Um, the difference there is 120,000 reported by men compared to 103,000 reported by women. Uh, that's the negative. But on the positive side, uh, we see that the difference between genders is reducing year over year. Between 2018 and 2019, the difference was 18,500. And the difference between 2019 and 2020, this most recently reported, the difference was 16,900. Uh, so there is some progress there. And there's reasons for that. And it's and if we look in the demographic data, we can find out why. Uh, first of all, women are far more likely to be younger, uh, with 60% of those responding are under 45 years of age. Only 45% of men responding were under 45 years of age. So we already talked about how age has, is a factor in salary. W women are concentrated at the younger level, and that stands to reason. Historically, 30 years ago, women weren't trained or weren't expected to be getting into STEM positions or STEM educations that are required of this industry. Um, now they appear to be, they just are at the lower age cohort. Another factor that we looked at is experience. Women are still less experienced than men. 55% of women are claiming to be 10 years or less in the industry. 39% of male uh, respondents were 10 years or less in the industry. So those two factors, women are younger and less experienced, and they're concentrated in that sector of the industry in general. We can expect or hope that as that cohort grows through, both in you know becoming less green, getting more experience, and growing into uh, more established age groups, that we can hope they drag that salary up with them. And a factor that's in their favor is that women are every bit or more educated than men amongst our response set. Uh, women at 30% had an advanced degree, 28% of men. Women claiming undergraduate degrees or unfinished graduate de degrees uh, are 61% compared to 56% of men. And there's fewer women without undergraduate degrees. Only 9% of women responding were without undergraduate degrees, 14% of men. So the three factors involved, age, experience, and education. Women are equal in terms of education. And age and experience, they're concentrated in 
and that younger, greener group. So the idea is that in a perfect world, where as the distribution of women matches that of men uh, amongst different job functions, uh, we'll be able to control for things like experience and age. And the education is already controlled. So uh, only then will be we'll be able to isolate gender as the variable, and only then will we be able to see how far we've come. Right. We can at least say that it seems that it's become a more attractive. So that's kind of paid off the the marketing of packaging as an industry to women and to go out and and solicit, you know, for lack of a better word, women to this industry um, has as a viable career has has paid off to some degree because we can see that younger people are coming, younger women are coming to the industry, um, seeing that the benefits of it. And hopefully, like you said, you'll be able we'll be able to measure that 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 gap and hopefully the awareness of the gap will help to close that a bit um, as sort of, you know, the younger generation makes its way up. So I guess is there, you know, we've hit on tons of things, tons of numbers, tons of, you know, what's going on with with salaries in, in the industry. Is there anything else that I haven't asked or that you want to get out there that we haven't no, I hit think on that yet? Pretty much covers it. I mean, the big picture uh, after, you know, wading through the data um, and the responses and so on is to say that I think that most respondents feel um, compared to, you know, across all industries in the U.S., uh, most respondents feel a slight, slightly more sheltered from external factors and perhaps even um, more needed because of it. Uh, the pandemic, I know, in certain industries and food and beverage is really ramped up uh, um, with uh, supply chain disruptions and so on. Um, and it's amazing to see how how uh, positive folks are both in, in expecting salary bonuses or creating greater salaries and bonuses and uh, also in job security in general. So um, despite some obvious turbulation that we all experienced with the pandemic, uh, the, 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 the sentiment at least amongst respondents was a positive. one. That's great. Nice to talk to somebody and do one of these where, you know, we're talking about something positive. So again, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of, you know, I know you got magazines to get out and you're jumping from webinars and things like that. We can't appreciate enough you taking time to come on here with us, Matt. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's a break in my days. Enjoy it. For more information on the IOPP or to take a look at possible membership or looking at the survey yourself, head on over to IOPP.org. And thank you for listening to Unpacked with PMMI. Be sure to join us next time for more packaging and processing industry insights. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.